a fishing reel. That's correct. Uh, we have a number of public uses here at Sand Lake, actually. We have hunting programs here for waterfowl, upland game, and deer. But we also have a lot of non-consumptive uses, interpretation, environmental education, photography. We have an auto tour route. We encourage visitors to come here. There's lots of opportunities here. We have tremendous concentrations of wildlife here during the spring and fall migrations, and it's really a wonderful place to visit. Tell us about the time capsule. The time capsule is uh, going to be done in conjunction with the centennial. And every National Wildlife Refuge in the entire system will have a time capsule, and it will be buried or put aside on March 14 of 2003, and it's going to be up to every individual refuge what kinds of commodities they put into the time capsule, and we have yet to decide how we're going to do that yet, but we're working on that. And the time capsule then will be in the ground or on the shelf or at least out of harm's way for 100 years, and then the time capsules across the entire nation will be pulled up 100 years, so that'd be 2,103 on March 14th and opened, and uh, should be exciting. It's mid-May at Sand Lake, and winds are 20 to 30 miles per hour. We decide to explore the marsh and prairie refuge in a vehicle on the auto tour route with our guide, Assistant Refuge Manager John Jay. Welcome to the prairies. The winds, gale, force. There's a reason for only 750,000 plus people living in the state of South Dakota. When you manage a national wildlife refuge, it's not only water. Like a farmer, we think of this as our crop. In other words, this grassland, we want to grow the tallest, densest grass we can to provide upland nesting cover for many, many species of birds. The problem on Sand Lake, so much of the native prairie was plowed up when, when the settlers first came here, and so we don't have a lot of native prairie on Sand Lake. Most of it is tame grass, like brome grass. They were given to ranchers at that time in the 30s to improve their grasslands, and they took over. Like any new invasive species introduced in an area, it just took off and just thrived here in the upper Midwest. And so all the roadsides uh, are brome grass and Kentucky bluegrass, but Actually, the tame grass makes pretty good nesting habitat for a variety of species of waterfowl. Not necessarily as good for a lot of the native species of birds. We're talking about mallards, pintails, blue-winged teal, which uh, we probably is our number one nesting species here on Sand Lake, upland nesting species of ducks. Gadwalls, they're our primary species nest in this grassland. One of the problems we have is that we don't have a whole lot of extensive grassland. So much of it's farmed outside the refuge, and it's easier for predators to find a nest. And so that's why you need the tall, dense grassland so predators can't find a nest. We're looking at a yellow-headed blackbird. They commonly nest uh, over water in the cattails around the marsh. And they're really a symbol of uh, the marshes in South Dakota. They're all black. Uh, they've got a yellow head and uh, kind of a a little bit of their breast is yellow. They sing on the top of the cattails and they're very almost tame. You can get fairly close to them. They, they throw their head back and call. They'll spend their summers here and raise a brood nest here in the cattails and then they'll migrate south. These birds are territorial. If you look out in the marsh, you'll see yellow-headed blackbirds on uh, cattails here and there that they have areas that they defend in, in the area of their nest and you'll just look across the marsh and you'll see these yellow-headed blackbirds sitting on a cattail 
dotting the marsh around the perimeter of the marsh. This area here is an area we banned waterfowl every year. We have a quota of banding 2,000 mallards every fall. We have three sites like this on the refuge and we bait them with corn and we mow all the vegetation down to the water so the ducks can get up from the water very easy to find the bait. And we set up rocket nets and uh, we have a biologist that will sit back and we get a crew and this will start in mid-August and when the birds get up on the bait we'll fire off this rocket net and catch as many mallards as we can and other species through the month of September. And these birds have been found in every state in the United States after they leave here. They migrate primarily to uh, our